Hey guys, welcome to the Chaos Gathering, otherwise known as the Gag. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And we are here for our 22nd episode, No Taylor Swift Included. Well, I mean, we might be talking about the doll later on during this segment, but you'll hear about all that tea and mess later. As of right now, we're going to get into Got Me Gagged, and we're going to talk about something that was literally just announced the moment we are putting today's show together, and that is Pose's final season, season three, is set to debut on May 2nd on FX. Stephen Canals, he posted a picture of MJ Rodriguez looking as gorgeous as usual, and he just posted a quick thank you notes, not like a notes app, but like a very luxurious looking notes app statement, um, pretty much thanking the crew, the cast, um, what's it called? 20th Century Fox for changing his life and changing many people's lives with this show. So I'm very excited for this to come out. I didn't know this was planning to be the last season. A lot of people are taken back, but at the same time, where can you go with a story like this? Especially this is in a way a period piece. So I'm here for it. I'm excited. I will be watching. I might even be watching it on FX, whereas I usually watch it on Netflix or wait, but I we've waited too long. I'm watching this shit the moment it comes out. I'm watching it the moment it comes out too. Um, probably on FX, but uh, I'm on, like, to be quite honest, I'm probably going to watch it on a pirated link um because that's how i mainly watch my shows once again but yeah uh, i don't think anyone knew that this was going to be the final season because this like was the announcement that this is the final season we just knew that there was going to be a season three and yeah i'm glad that they're like doing three seasons it's like it's very like bingeable it is a moment um it's nice to wrap up the story here instead of trying to extend it and like probably like force it like you know ryan murphy tends to do with some of his shows glee okay um and yeah so i think this is going to be a nice wrap-up and i'd also like to see the actors from pose you know like venture into other things and i hope i hope they're not just like let go and forgotten and just keep doing all these smaller projects that no one's gonna watch like put them in like decent shit i really hope i think that's something exciting is once a show ends, it can be sad for fans, but at the same time, if it's been a pretty successful show, it now allows those actors to go off and be a part of other stories, to not be tied down to a franchise for so long, which is why I'm honestly not pressed that it's wrapping up before we expected. A lot of shows that we are kind of used to seeing go on for like six seasons, seven seasons, eight, nine, like they go on for a really long time. And sometimes the story just drags on for too long and it loses that thing that made it so special or the obstacle that they were trying to overcome. And you can just tell the writers are tired, the actors are tired. So I think it's really exciting news to see that we're gonna be able to see a conclusion on their own terms you know they're not being canceled they're just having their final season i'm honestly really excited for that i agree that's the thing like i was surprised to hear that this is their last season but i wasn't necessarily like upset i completely understand if anything i respect it and i think we've even had this like chat before like z and i like off the show like i really respect when a show does what's right for 
the storyline, the characters, they treat the characters as real people. You can't keep people going on for so long with a story that necessarily isn't developing. Just because time isn't going on doesn't mean people are developing. If anything, people could be retracting and going back. And then it just doesn't do any justice to the amazing story these shows once were in their earlier seasons. And like recently, I've been watching a lot of like British TV and international TV. And what I really like that they do, and I don't think it's something that America has necessarily picked up on until like the streaming era recently, are having like limited series or just series in general that like maybe will be three season, but each seasons are like what, like four episodes or they'll just have one season where it's 10 episodes. And the point is, it's not to make money and be something that's substantial and last forever. It's something that's done so creatively and that's just a thought. It's put out there and that's that. Like one that I could easily think of is My Mad Fat Diary, my favorite show of all fucking time. That's confirmed. Period. That girl, I'm getting my tattoo for at the moment I get back to New York. <laughs> I swear. But um, like that show, like I would love for it to go on forever, but would it do the character right? No. Would it do the show right? No. It easily could have been dragged on, but they chose not to. Um, there was another show that I watched recently, In My Skin. I highly recommend it. It's another British series on Hulu. It's excellent. It was only one season, 10 episodes, fully gave the story, and it didn't need to go any further than that. So I really respect it. Broad City's another one. Everyone was upset by that ending. But, you know, we didn't want Abby and a lot of the main characters to go. They had nowhere else to go besides their own personal journeys that didn't necessarily need to be documented via a scripted series. I think for me, the best example was an anime that I watched in one night because it was 12 episodes and each episode was 30 minutes each. It was a matter of hours that this show started and ended. It's called Death Parade. And it was, I mean, to this day, the story still sticks with me because it has to deal with like death and loss and like who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't. It was so interesting and it was only 12 episodes. They told the story they wanted to, they shared the lesson they wanted to, and that's it. The show just ended. I would have loved to see more of the characters and everything like that. But once the show, yeah, was finalized, I was like, you know what? It it shared the lesson that the creators wanted for me to experience. And again, to this day, it still sticks with me as one of the best ones I've seen. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it, especially considering like what Ali said, Ryan Murphy has a history of dragging on shows for far too long. Right. But Ali? Uh, yeah. I'm, like, thinking about how I'm pretty glad that Pose is a show that's gonna put out its episodes weekly, as opposed to, you know, like, the Netflix, like, bingeable way that I've mostly been taking in shows lately. So it's gonna be a nice change to, like, have something else, like, wait for it to come out week by week. That way, like, the conversation about it is gonna be, like, lengthened and extended. And I'm gonna enjoy the Twitter conversations about, you know, the final season. So I can't wait. Yeah, something else that we're looking forward to coming up on TV very, very soon, matter of fact, this weekend is Harry and Megan's upcoming Oprah interview. And Zia has all the tea on that. I sound like fucking the guy from TMZ. Ew. Go on. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so basically, <laughs> oh you guys, if you know or don't know, 
Harry and Meghan have been going through it in terms of beefing with the royal palace ever since about a year ago. They said that they were going to step away from royal duties and everything. So shit is finally hitting the fan in the best way possible because they are going to do a full ass interview with Oprah and it's airing this Sunday, I think at 8 p.m. There's like literally articles on where to watch it because you know, we were saying earlier, like, it's going to be the event for the girls, the gays, and the moms to watch. Like, the previews from it just look like it's going to be really exciting in terms of what they're going to share. So we'll see. But the main, I don't know, I guess kind of something that's going on in terms of the British mainstream media is that they're throwing a lot of shade at them. Like, there's a lot of flack coming from them because they're saying that, like, you know, Harry and Meghan moving to California and doing this interview is just like not royal and it's very crass apparently Piers Morgan said it was crass which like fuck out of here Piers Morgan um so yeah that's basically what's been going on with the interview now an interesting development out of all of this is that Buckingham Palace recently said that an unnamed aide to Megan reported that Megan was like bullying them and treating them wrong and everything. May that be substantiated? Maybe. Maybe. But it's very convenient that Buckingham Palace is now coming out with these reports right before this interview drops. I don't know. I mean, do you think that's just kind of like the queen getting petty with them? One thing I wanted to add is that they said she was bullying the staff by, quote, sending emails early at five in the morning what do you not know how to put your phone in do not disturb like right if anything i would love an early prompt email if i'm working at the fucking royal palace like are you kidding Mm -hmm. so i don't believe that like first of all the bullying accusation um megan's been getting it quite hard from the british media for like ever since like she was just dating harry so i'm sure she's used to like she knows how like the british public like and press like view her so i don't think she would do anything to even like i don't know give them stuff to talk about such as like being like that in the palace Mm -hmm. and i'm glad she and harry are gone um piers morgan thinking it's crass for them to be doing this interview is really fucking rich um what else i just i don't know i feel like let them do the damn interview we all know what's going on like the palace like probably giving the press some like headlines or like some stories to just like talk mess about megan just put megan in a like negative light what has she done i always see like the comparisons between like how the british press like like the headlines from the british press like when megan and harry came about uh versus like when like it was like kate and what's his name the baldy him the older one so yeah him i feel like the queen is almost getting like war flashbacks from when diana did that famous interview if you guys know that she yes. referenced to like oh there was three of us in the marriage if i'm not mistaken i don't think anyone knew that that interview was going to happen so when she published that or when you know the channel published that Mm -hmm. or whatever it must have been a huge shock so i feel like i don't know i listen i love watching the crown but at the same time i watch it and i'm like damn that messy old lady is fully still being messy like 
I don't know. I'm glad Megan got away from it. And I'm glad that like Harry almost put his wife and her safety ahead of like his family. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, I, he's the son of someone who was really attacked and like treated like shit, not only by the press, but by the Royal family. So, you know, if I'm happy for him, if he's able to step away from that and be happy. Um, I saw this like tweet, uh, some British person saying that like, they're annoyed that like Harry is like using his mom's death for like press. And I'm like, hold on. Like what? This isn't him using his mom's death or like using that as a story. Like that happened to him too. Like he was affected by all this too. So I don't know where that's coming from. And I like, I mean, in the like preview or like trailer or announcement for like this interview, I like, I've just like seen that clip running through on Twitter a lot of like him saying that like, he just feels like it sucks that like his mom went through it alone and that like at least he and Megan have each other and all that. So I don't know. I this is British people just hating just to be hating. That's one thing I want to add is like those stupid allegations that they're saying Harry's just like kind of like benefiting off like you know the news and the remorse of like his mother's death. It's like first of all, it's like how does benefiting and someone's mother passing away fit in the same sentence? Two, that death wasn't just caused by no fucking reason. That death was caused by the same people that are raining on fucking Harry and Meghan. So, like, let's just start there. Like, I don't understand that concept completely. And third of all, I'm so over people that stand that fucking queen. Her and her old piece of shit ass girl. She can fuck off. I don't care how old she is. And another thing I wanted to add, sorry, is that they were so quick to speak up on Meghan bullying shit, yet they haven't even addressed Prince Andrew and his relation to Epstein. Where's that Period. Where's that That is so true. That is so true. Because see, that's a real member of the royal family. Meghan married into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think something else, like to the point of, of people criticizing Harry for exploiting his mother's death and everything, Motherfucker, do you not know how many documentaries there are out there about Diana's death? How many movies they've made about Diana's death? Lit- I mean, come on. It's almost an industry at this point, Diana memorabilia. So you're telling me that the son, the person who was raised by her, doesn't have the right to speak about how her death affected him? Y'all are a bunch of hypocrites, especially the British mm-hmm. press. Yeah, I find it funny how, like, the British press and just, like, British people in general just don't talk about the whole, like, situation where William cheated on, like, Kate and they were trying to bury it because that happened with, like, her best friend or something. And (laughs) Zia, you look shocked that not only that, but, like, the whole, like, Prince, like, which one? Who's their dad? Is it Philip or Charles? Charles. I just know it's an old white man. Anyways, one of them, interchangeable white man, um, the one that like that's Harry and Will's father. He, I know there was like some allegations of something from back in the day. I forgot exactly what it was, but I know it was pretty recent. Um, not only that, he was like a whole cheater. That with like Camilla, like all of that. It's like you really find it in your heart to like really bother Megan and Harry for what doing nothing doing nothing as bad as all that. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing is that the newest season of The Crown is interesting because it no longer takes the side of The Crown. It shows, you know, Charles being a cheater, being a piece of shit, Diana going through it. So what's kind of funny is that around the time that the show was released, uh, Prince Charles was actually trying to do like a campaign of like trying to come off looking like a nice guy. And he was like something about like his gardens that he wanted to like now come off as like a gardener and whatever. And then The Crown, the new season dropped and it was like, yeah, man, fuck your reputation. So I'm kind of glad that shows like The Crown, that Harry coming out and speaking about this whole situation is coming to light to show that like, yeah, these people have damaged individuals that have become involved with them. And like, they deserve to not be put on a pedestal anymore. Like they, they're just normal ass people. They ain't shit. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Um, I have two things. The one thing that like fears me with watching this and also watching like the view discuss it and everything, like all the shit that Megan's getting is like, we know what these people meaning like the royal family like are capable of and we've clearly seen the uh repercussions that before it just like fears me that like something bad could possibly happen you know of course like you know we're praying and everything things will be fine of course at the end of the day but it's just the idea of like what megan and harry are doing takes balls bitch like this takes balls they're not just standing up to their parents and saying i'm gonna go on a friday night and take your car whether you like it or fucking not they're standing up to the people that rule the fucking country and that have allegedly which we pretty already pretty much already know they're saying it to the people that killed their mother or you know the husband's mother like this is some deep shit and it's just so wild that we're in 2021 not to be that person but like it's just so wild that we're in 2021 and this is still happening to let alone someone that just married into the family and these people are genuinely happy together they're so happy together where they said we don't need to be in power we don't even need to necessarily be a part of the royal family we can make our own life and our own resources and have our same philanthropist impact on the world in some other fucking country that's not this shithole now to be fair we haven't seen the interview yet so we have right. to see how much of it they're going to play safe and how much they're actually going to like spill right for you know obviously for us we would like to you know kind of know the fucking tea and see what's going on but i can definitely see that if people criticize it for being a little bit mild why they would choose to not speak out as boldly um but we'll see i mean i'm definitely gonna watch this is quite an event I'm going to watch, but I feel like there isn't going to be that like that much like hot tea spillage, because to be quite honest, I feel like it's going to be like, oh, okay, we learned some new stuff, but nothing like, oh, damn, like, fuck whoever the fuck. Besides, I mean, they're not going to confirm Diana's now. death being a, a hit or anything. Right. Obviously. I mean, like, yeah, no. But no, I don't think they're going to give us a like behind the scenes on like messing our family. Like, they're not going to do that. They're just going to be like, I don't know, probably address like public opinion and all that stuff. Like most of the stuff the public like talks about when it comes to them and like how they've been dealing with it, where they're at now and like why they chose to leave, but like do it in a like nice way. I don't see them being like, all right, well, fuck the palace, like grandma, fuck you and all that. Like, no, it's not going to be like that. And I feel like people expect it to be like that. I don't know. We will see, because once again, like, it hasn't aired yet. Uh, I can't wait to live tweet it. It's going to be messy. But yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. You forget that 
these these people are like beefing with their family pretty much girl they need to write into dm diaries or something like dm <laughs> diaries loves a family beef girl yeah i can imagine we get a question from you know prince harry and the question is uh my grandma's trifling um should my wife and i drag her or not the username <laughs> on twitter will be like princess diana forever stan underscore 97 <laughs> It'll just be like a complete like Diana Stan account, you know, like the ones that will tweet like the person and all the looks and where to get them from. Good. Mm-hmm. It'll be that. They'll just and be like, I bet oh. you the pin tweet, the pin tweet is going to be a fan cam. I bet. 100% her in the revenge dress and it'll be like Flo Millie playing in the background. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of bonding, um people on twitter have been bonding over dragging taylor swift i was gonna say speaking of a white woman that we don't necessarily love <laughs> as much as diana but that's Ooh, good too mom well mm-hmm. uh, so a few days ago um on this netflix show this new netflix show called Ginny and georgia which i watched i it was a it was a mess it was a mess but it was a very intriguing mess i can't wait for season two um, so there's this character, uh, Ginny, who made a joke saying, like, you go through more men than Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift, like, addressed it because after, like, I don't know, Netflix aired that, um, her stands started, like, I don't know, talking about her being disrespected and how misogynistic and, like, nasty that was and, like, hashtagging, like, respect Taylor Swift or respect Taylor. And then because of that, Taylor ended up tweeting something, dragging Netflix. And I, okay, let me go to her response. Her response was like, hey, Jean and Georgia, 2010 called. It wants its lazy, uh, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defending this horseshit is funny. Also, Netflix after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Happy Women's History Month, I guess more on that because i have some stuff to say about that but uh let me just run through this real quick then we'll talk um so after like all this mess like sparked the conversation on twitter um the situation was going away but the next day todrick hall taylor swift's favorite house slave he decided to crawl out from you know the house and uh, i don't know go on twitter defend taylor he posted some stupid tweet that was like pretty like misogynistic itself like trying to like what cancel misogyny by being a misogynist and it's okay just because it's your friend um so yeah that happened and her stance i mean well people on twitter started dragging todrick and then like that whole situation (laughs) todrick just like woke up twitter and they started finding things from taylor's past like uh this lyric that she made about joe jonas's girlfriend after her about something like your best like film work is on a mattress or something like that i remember that was the story i mean that was the lyric so that misogyny uh they brought up her being 20 dating taylor lautner who was 17 at the time and then her being in her mid-20s dating connor kennedy when he was like 17 turning 18 and yeah people just brought that up and that's kind of where twitter's been just like everyday people like going back to business like dragging taylor swift for being taylor swift i'm bored (laughs) that taylor swift hasn't learned how to take a joke (laughs) number one number two sweetheart 
if you date a bunch of men, that is a fact, not an insult. You can choose to take it as an insult when in fact, it's a fact. If I dated a bunch of guys and my friend said, you've dated a bunch of guys, they're stating what has happened. You're the one that's choosing to take this personally and make it a mess. Now, I ain't shit. I don't have a huge platform. Taylor Swift does. She has quite a group of people who support her. And for you to basically take a joke so personally to like wild out and insult the actress. I don't know, sweetheart. Listen, sometimes growing up gives you maturity. Sometimes it keeps you stagnant. And that's the case for Miss Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she didn't insult the actress. Her stands are doing that all on their own. I will say that. Um, it's just that her calling out the show, like, I don't know. Call out the writers like Netflix. Netflix is just the distributor. Sure. So I don't know why be mad at them. The, the content is made and then like it go, they, it gets given to Netflix. So I don't know if like coming at Netflix is the thing and like what trying to shame them and make them feel guilty because they aired your documentary. Like it's not that deep for one. Two, like the fact that like this white ladies stands mostly white ass people are coming at this black actress who said something on a show that was written by two white women all this anger is just misplaced like and the fact that it was like her character on a show that made this joke it is not the actress that person the fact that her like stands are really doing the most leaving like hey comments under her instagram is like so stupid that's what I meant, like, in the sense of Taylor didn't outwardly insult the actress mm-hmm. or whatever, but calling it out and sort of allowing for people to do so without saying, you know what, guys, I felt like this was offensive. I feel like the writing team uh, could use another joke. I don't disagree with Taylor's point. Is it an outdated joke? A hundred percent. I mean, who really gives a shit about Taylor Swift now? We stand talent these days. So, you know... I understand that she says it's an outdated joke, that maybe it's a misogynistic joke, but I don't know, girl. There's a better way to call it out without causing so much damage. That's the thing. I don't think it required that much. Yeah, is it like a kind of like, it's not the best joke, but also at the same time, it's not like a joke that was said in like a stand-up special or said by a late night host. This was a joke said in a fictional show that was written by someone for the purpose of portraying a fictional narrative. You know what I mean? Like this is, you know, you never know. I don't watch this fucking show, but you never know. Maybe that's something that that character would say that doesn't necessarily reflect. It's like me, if I were to write a show based on a murderer and I write all this murderer shit, does that have any reflect on me? Maybe on my creativeness, but or my creativity, but not necessarily on who I am. I'm writing for that character. So it's like, it doesn't necessarily apply to it. I And like, I know a few episodes ago with like the whole Britney movement, we talked about like how she became like a running joke on like late night shows and they were commenting on like her mental health and everything. I would take that much more seriously than something that's an actual fact. Like the girls dated people multiple times. Like we always make jokes about me talking about me dating older men and talking to a lot of guys and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, I can't be offended because it's a fact. It's not like you guys are attaching the word like slut or whore to it you're just saying it, you know what I mean? And it's like, 
the way Taylor uses, I'm not going to say uses men for art because I don't think anyone necessarily goes out of their way to date people for art, but just like any artist should, she uses her experiences with men to reflect on them in her art. So that's kind of what this person is doing. They're reflecting on something that they've seen that would work well in their art, which is their script for the show. I don't see any problem with it. She could have just like quote tweeted and been like, that's cute, I guess, and moved on. The girl's 30. She has two great albums out right now. I, for me, it's like, I don't know why someone of that stature is taking time for this. Like, girl, you should be much more busy writing music and sitting at your little lake or whatever. Like, it was just a waste for me. Like, Yeah, I think she could have just left it at her stands being mad. Because it's not like a whole, like, her versus Scooter Braun situation where, like, fuck Scooter. And it's not like a her versus Kanye situation and that lyric from Famous, like, I made that bitch famous. It's not like that situation again. This is, like, much more tame like right it's clearly much more tame and like it's this show this character making that joke like yeah it is very 2010s and like not that funny but it's also not something to be like i don't know pulling out a torch and being like but feminism when you yourself have like a record of like misogyny so oh. I think the most blessed part of this tweet is the fact that she mentioned like International Women's Month. Girl, this joke, well, this fact, being involved in a TV show is not, I mean, having that be bearing on your idea of like International Women's Month and how Netflix supports it or doesn't support it or whatever. Girl, I mean, again, again, bless her for thinking that it's relevant. You know, when the real priority is like protecting black women, defending trans women, like actual people have actual problems that isn't mm-hmm. stating a fact from 10 years ago. So I think that got me a little bit like, are you kidding me? Like you're trying to make this a women's issue. Exactly. Dragging in this old fact about you when there's real, real issues that are affecting mm-hmm. women that I don't know, Taylor, I don't really think is a priority for you. That's what it is. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily a priority and it's not necessarily something that's so weighted as she might be perceiving it. So it doesn't require this much exertion onto this fucking movement. And it, it's not even it's related. It's just so to like privileged and out of touch. So like right. you really think that your little problem is... I don't know. I I feel like that's what got me a little bit heated was tying it to International Women's Month when it's like, that's a month that is meant to talk about women who don't have a platform and don't have privilege and give them that space. And you're just clogging it up with this old thing. God bless. Exactly. It's like this um, TikTok I saw of this white guy, and I think I DM'd it to you guys. It's this guy who was talking about um going to his dermatologist and he had to go to like three different dermatologists to like get a certain cream to like help his like skin or whatever because he gets maskne and the doctor couldn't provide it to him for some reason and at the end of it he's like see and this is wrong this is what the problem with the oppression in the healthcare system and in the country and it's just like mama so you are gonna tie you having a problem with getting a retin-a or an accutane prescription to the uh, oppressive health crisis that has been going on for ages and decades in this country my doll like it's like exactly I see, that it's just, yeah it's like you have a problem i get it that's annoying 
but your minor inconvenience is unfortunately, first of all, nothing compared to the um, oppressive situations some people and a lot of people have been in. And it's just like, that doesn't even relate at all. And we were talking about it before the show. It's like these people now in Texas and in Connecticut, like when they'll be told not to wear a mask. It's like sometimes people with the most freedoms will take the one rule or kind of situational factor as like a weapon of oppression. And it's like, no girl, this is just a minor inconvenience that everyone has to deal with. Just because we have liberation and freedom for all doesn't mean that minor inconveniences can't be a thing or just shit situations. You know, it's like me, like if they're out of fucking oat milk at Starbucks, I'm not gonna make this another Stonewall movement. It's <laughs> like, okay, they're fucking out of oat milk. Like, anyways, Ali. It's another one of those, Kim, there's people that are dying situations. And she's just out of touch and doesn't realize that. And I hope she does real soon because this like dragging of hers is like continuing on Twitter. Um, So yeah, I don't know. But the good thing is that um, I saw that Jenny and Georgia were like, you know, rated like what, we're number one on Netflix's top 10. So good for them. Work. This is helping them with anything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they did that. Anyways, we are going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about our top rated trade of the week, which may happen to include a few more people than just one person per, per the normal. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Gag. We're back with Gag Reflex. Let's just start with what we always start with. But a little twist, so it's trade of the week, but we've got many, so it's train of the week. But then we thought, you know what, let's just make it trade court. Trade court. So we have three three men who are being charged. Uh, who are we starting with? Wait, I thought, I thought trade court, I took the bougie route. I thought trade court was that we were like in a royal palace and we were like holding court. I thought that. I thought oh, that, really? oh, okay. like homecoming and stuff like that, like uh, like nominations or, you know. Okay, that's how exactly. we're nominated. Especially because okay. our first one, Ollie, I think it might be your pick. It comes from like a, oh. you know, whimsically fancy yes. show. So. He's a duke. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about your duke dick girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Duke of Hastings, um, if y'all watch Bridgerton, which I'm on episode five of, I just started it like two days ago. Um, I'm in the middle of episode five. The second we're done recording, I'm going right back to it. Um, But yeah, so he plays um, Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings. It's uh, Reggae Jean Page. Uh, So he's British and he's like, he's fine. (laughs) That's the thing, he's fine. If you ask anyone like who like, what the biggest takeaway of like Bridgerton is, like they'll say him. Like, I enjoy the, like, female lead. I don't know what her actual name is. I know her character's name. Give me a second. Give me a second. I forgot it, unfortunately. (laughs) But I do remember her man's name. (laughs) Anyways, so, yeah, he did SNL, like, recently. And that's, like, pretty huge. He's been acting for a bit. But, like, getting, like, an SNL call-up after, like, your first big, like, mainstream thing, like, literally, like, the week after is, like, During Corona, too. But, like, yeah during corona 
so yeah i don't know i feel like that kind of lets you know that like he's in meetings with the right people the right people know him or he's been doing this a while and this is his call up so good for him that and his instagram is just it is it is it exists it's a treat it's to the eye. Exists. Mm-hmm. it is a treat i specifically like his like eyebrow to eye ratio yes. yeah like i don't know why it's just it's just very aesthetically pleasing like it's just nice to look at like the big brows with like dark eyes it just like really works very well mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like my my dark mm-hmm. eye self-esteem is kind of like going up a little bit seeing that because like he looks really good with dark eyes no completely mm-hmm. i think he has like really cute eyes and i think that's such a thing that's like always talked about when it comes to guys and like dating but in the weird way it's always like bright eyes are like cute and everything i'm like no i love like some deep like dark brown eyes like they're just cuter they look nice he also has a good stare if that makes sense mm. like whether he's yeah. just like posing and we kind of talked about this with uh, aj clapa last week it's like a good stare really does it like whether they're acting performing or posing and he has a good stare and the eyebrows and the beautiful eyes he has definitely helps Mm-hmm. Agreed. Shonda Rhimes has done it again. She's given us some more trade. Yep. Thank you, Shonda. <laughs> All right. So my trade is a model that I came across recently. Now I don't know where they're from, but his name is Jonah Burjack on Instagram. Another example of like good brows, like heavy brow and dark eyes that just looks fantastic on a man. He's, I don't know, he's like a fashion model, not like an IG model. Those people are low-key annoying, no shade. But um, no, it's just like photos of him in different like runways and fashion photo shoots. And like, I don't know, he's just like really gorgeous. So I thought I'd share that with you guys. Before I get into his gorgeousness and attractiveness, I will say like on his Instagram, I like that you can tell he's a model and not like an Insta model. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like a clear difference between the two and like, just like you can tell, you could just tell. But yes, he's very fine too. Like you said, the eyebrows, I like his hair. I just, I like his like, his facial structure. I was going to say he gives me like, uh, do we know where he's from? He's British. Or something i don't know because he doesn't have like any you know it says that he's represented by like a modeling agency in brazil right. on his bio but his name That's isn't giving me like any clue as to where he might be from to be honest which mm. is so modely like you know those models that are so gorgeous but like you don't even know where they're really from they're just like stunning specimen that is so fashion model yeah i that's was that oh i was about to say that's like 60% of who I follow on Instagram. These like <laughs> foreign hot guys that I don't know where they're from, but they're hot. Yeah. No, he's real fine. He, I don't know, like he has a very nice facial structure. He looks really good with facial hair too. I scrolled back on some of his pictures and he had some with him and like facial hair. It looks very, very good on him. He has a good, strong face, good, strong chin, good, strong body. It's Zia, this is your best choice <gasps> thus far. This is your shoot. This is your moment. This is a fantastic fucking choice. I mean, I y'all would have really caught hands if you didn't like this guy because he's so gorgeous. (laughs) I mean, come on. The taste definitely jumped out here for you, girl. Which you do have a lot of usually, but the taste really jumped out in abundance of flavor. Thank you very much. 
but um, so Joey, who is your pick? Yeah, speaking of our kind of unanimous type, which just ever so happens to be unknown foreign men, I have another contribution to that, which is this random OnlyFans gay that happened to sweep gay Twitter low-key over this past week. The gays hopefully will understand who I'm talking about. All I'm going to say is that he has blue hair. It's a blue buzz cut. His name is David Christian. If you look him up on Instagram, his Instagram is Dom Beef with three E's. I don't know what beef he's referring to, but I would definitely subscribe to see it and eat it. And he's just very cute. Kind of the same, I think a theme that we definitely have here and we've talked about before is that guys that are hot yet cute in some way. Like they're not so hot to the point where you could only appreciate them if they're on like a magazine, but like they're still cute where they're still realistic, if that makes sense. And this guy to me, he gives trade when he wants to give trade. And then he just gives cute when he wants to give cute because he has like these really deep, brown eyes, kind of bushy eyebrows, nice facial hair. It's a shoot for me, y'all. This, it might be another train of the week, shit. This three is a lovely, lovely pick. And we didn't plan this, by the way, having all the guys have like thick brows and nice dark eyes. This is, I'm just like, I'm just realizing it right now. Like that was totally a coincidence on our end. So um, congrats to our bussies for syncing up on that end. Yeah, we just might actually have something that we agree on. We might actually have a type that we kind of agree on. Well, I mean, we always do say Henry Cavill is like our, yeah. you know, king, our, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am proud of us for getting all these like, you know, like dark eyed guys. Cause like, I know people go nuts over light eyes and I was having a conversation with some coworkers the other day. Mm-hmm. And like one of my coworkers with like these like blue green eyes was like, oh, something about light eyes. And I was like, I don't care for that at all. He was like, excuse me. I'm like, your excuse. Like I prefer dark eyes. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I was like, the only thing you got going for you right now, in my opinion, is your like, is your eyebrows. And he, he took it to heart. So, yes. I think also definitely <laughs> my fun. like high school Tumblr era reinforced the thing of like light eyes are more attractive or like superior in some kind of way which is like not mm-hmm. it's like not okay but whatever yeah long story short is like now the eyes that i do like i think are more like deep blue eyes deep green or like a hazel you know but like that clear blue eye that was like everywhere on tumblr mm-hmm. back in the day fuck out of here i need to be able to look at like an eyeball when i'm talking to you not like a frozen lake or just like straight pupil, because sometimes I have the same where I just like stare too much into people's pupils and I'm just like looking at them and focusing and then I like <laughs> enter a different realm and yeah, so So he doesn't have blue eyes, but he does have blue hair. Um and his face is just like as nice as it is. I'm sure everyone noticed that like he looks like Maluma um to be quite honest he he's doing a a little bit more for me than maluma a lot more for me than maluma so yeah not you stealing my man i'm sorry he's been stolen see followed just followed the the gays and the twitter gays definitely have a thing for like men that look like maluma and especially the ones that they can have more realistic fantasies about because the they like their Maluma substitutes are actually gay. Like there's a good amount of Twitter mutuals that I follow that everyone calls Maluma and says that looks like Maluma and stuff like that. But hey, their genes were blessed, I guess. I mean, this guy's fine. 
and he does give me Maluma vibes, but I'm sorry. You, you'll never catch me saying that like some Twitter gay is above Maluma in terms of looks. Maluma to me is, he's like the like standard for me of like fine Hispanic guys. Really? Might be because we share the same like ethnic thing that mm. I'm like, you know what? Like, although this guy, oddly enough, shares two of my ethnic background countries, mm-hmm. which like is quite a coincidence to get from someone because they're not next to each other, right. countries, whatever. Um, so, Aww. I mean, I can see why he's fine. Like, you know, represent mi gente and all that. But um, I, I'm not like, no, Maluma to me is always going to be the standard. But props to this guy, though. He is definitely cute. And he is, I can see how he is feeding the gays. I can see how y'all are fed with this guy. He's definitely feeding the gays. And hopefully we fed our audience clear enough with giving y'all three options for trade of the week. Last week we did two. This week we did three. Who knows, if y'all are into group play, then we might give y'all four next week. But I don't know if y'all holes are loose enough for that. But anyways... We hope you enjoyed that moment of Trade of the Week, our group edition. And we're going to be back with our new segment we'd love to introduce to you guys. So we'll be back. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gayest Gathering. We would all love to introduce to you guys a new segment we just ever so happened to create. Kind of it came out out of our ass, but nonetheless, it's here on this amazing podcast and it is gifted to you all. It is Tweets Read by Twats. This idea came amongst ourselves because there's plenty of random tweets with random topic ideas that would really create good discussion. And they're nor DM diary, nor something that gets us gagged. It gets us gagged, but in a different way. Nonetheless, it is a tweet that is read by us twats, and we would love to read one for you right now. Zia. All right, so this one says... A man proposes to his woman with the receipt of her 70K student loan debt being paid in full in place of a ring. She thanks him, but says she still requires a ring before getting married. What is she? Reasonable, ungrateful, smart, or dumb? Let's debate. What are your thoughts? So before we start debating, let me say I do remember seeing this like go, like seeing this on my timeline on Twitter recently. And I saw the amount of, like, engagement it had. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear these straight people comment on this or have this conversation. I am good. Because, you know, like, straight Twitter would be, like, talking about some mess up under them replies. (laughs) So I'm glad we could talk about it here. As for what I have to say, um, I just, I don't know. If it happened to me, I'd be like, you know what? thanks that like that great i don't think i'd be mad but would i want a ring yeah i'd want one so i could see where she's coming from but like requires i feel like that's like a word that's a little you know eh. but i do think that like listen if we're about to get hitched i want a ring that's just me I feel like I'd go for the loophole in the question, which is, you know, he pays off the debt. She thanks him and requires a ring. You know, is she ungrateful? Is she whatever? It's possible that she might be grateful and the ring she requires is 
maybe just not a fancy one. Maybe it's just a little band or something. It seems like people are assuming that she's requiring a luxury ass ring, which is, you know, that's, that's an inference they're making on the question, but that's not necessarily what the question's implying. She could be grateful and then just be like, you know what, give me a ring, a star is born style with a, it was a piece of guitar string and just tied around my finger. And that's enough of a ring for her. So I could definitely see how straight Twitter must have taken an assumption and just gone just a a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if that were me, I honestly personally wouldn't require a ring, but it's possible that, yeah, you can require a ring in this situation and not be ungrateful or anything like that. For me, when I first read this, In my head, I was like, I'm making my own answer. My own answer is she is both reasonable and smart. And the more I read it and the more I put myself in that person's shoes and think if this case happened to me, if someone that I loved paid $70,000 for me that I won't ever have to worry about ever again, I just might appreciate that so much to the point where like, I won't ask for anything else. But also at the same time, just like what you said, I don't think necessarily asking for a ring 100% implies the fact that it needs to be a very luxurious ring. A ring at the end of the day, the ring goes on, or a wedding band or whatever, that goes on both people's fingers. That's a symbol for both of their relationship for each person individually, if that makes sense. Whereas if she just has the $70,000 receipt, how is her or her husband going to show people or let people know that they're married when they're at the bar? Is she going to pull the receipt out and be like, my hubby got this for me. Don't worry. And that's what I'm saying. I kind of agree where she's still reasonable and smart, but I don't think she's crazy for necessarily asking for a ring. She's just asking for a symbol of our marriage. Cause like, you know, a ring, not to like place so much importance and context over a ring, but like, for most people, there is a lot of context when it comes to a ring. And like, I know this coming from parents that have had a, quite the marriage. So it's like, you know, the ring significa- signifies, why am I not pronouncing that right? Signifies. Signifies. <laughs> signifies. I'm on crack today. Signifies the beginning of the marriage. And then, you know, like once like the couple has the really bad argument, the whole like, you know, they take the ring off and that shit means a lot. So it's like, what are they going to do? God forbid they break up. Are they just going to, you know, rip the receipt? Like... For me, I would love a symbol that I could present to everyone that doesn't involve me pulling a receipt out of my purse and being like, look what he bought me. You know, just like what you said, it could be a guitar string. It could be a fucking bracelet, girl. There needs to be something that I could just hold up and you know that I'm cuffed and paid. Then I could bring out the receipt later and show you that. Nonetheless, that is a really good gesture. Maybe he could have done that for her birthday and then got her the ring for her. You know what I mean? They could Girl, have 70k me. isn't a joke though. Like you better that better be quite a celebration and what more of a celebration than a proposal to be fair. Like for right. the, if he's the average guy, 70k right. is a lot right. to pay completely. To be that's, fair. No, and that's what I'm saying. That's where the ring doesn't have to be anything special. Yeah, like you said it's just more of like a symbol of a promise. Exactly. More than like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because even for his part, Mm -hmm. like, wouldn't he want a ring too for himself as well? Yeah, it says that this ring is the ring before she gets married. Okay, the engagement ring. ring. But 
yeah, I still see the, the idea of like her just wanting something to show that, yeah, that she's making a promise and she's looking forward to committing to a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I I see, I see that how someone could value that symbolically and be like, I want to have that. Okay. Then to wrap my thoughts up, I think I'm just going to put myself in this situation. Say this happens to me if I ever find a boyfriend and we get married and he proposes me at this $70,000 loan being paid off. I would definitely just ask for like, not necessarily the cheapest ring, like something from fucking Walmart, but something also that's not any significant investment either. Literally just something to wrap around my finger or put around my wrist if I want a bracelet because obviously the weight and the money weighs in the price of the student loan that was paid off, so. Yeah, if you spent that much money on that for me, like, love you for that, thanks. But, like, uh, I am a ring person. Anybody who knows me knows, like, at all times, I at least have two on, at least. Usually four, sometimes three, and sometimes two, but at least two. And I just, I would want a ring. That's, like, I would want a ring. Uh, It doesn't need to be anything crazy. Like, you don't need to match that $70,000. Like, not at all but i would just like a ring and like yeah some people might think that like wanting a ring like isn't that symbolic it's more materialistic i don't think so some people are into that shit and it means a lot to them like you do you but hey i would want a ring so i don't think she's dumb at all it's very reasonable and very smart Another alternative that they could do for like a reasonably priced ring, and this would honestly be great, is say like, you know, he pays the loan and she wants a ring. He could always do the whole like, if there's a ring that maybe has been passed down from family uh, and a ring that's belonged to a very healthy relationship, they could always reuse that because then you have a very um, meaningful gift and ring you know the ring could be priceless if it was just handed down to you but the emotional weight it carries is a lot just like that um student loan debt that was paid i think that would be a great like alternative to the situation or resolution to it Mm -hmm. uh i know mila kunis and ashton kutcher like they said that like they like ordered their like wedding rings from like etsy and they were both like each a hundred dollars I would take that. I would take that, honestly. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that, that. if you got my student loans paid off, like, thanks. Like, yeah, I wouldn't complain. I'm definitely defending the point of view of get the ring if you want to and all this. I support that. Me personally, Mm -hmm. though, I'm just not really attached to rings. Like, I... I, I just don't enjoy wearing them at all, Same. really. Same. So God forbid really? I get engaged or married. Huh. Like, yeah, I I don't know how I do with it because I just don't even enjoy wearing rings in the first place. I'm doing a bracelet. Um, well, that yeah, that's the thing. I'll if a guy really knows me, the three of us. If a guy really knows me, he would get me my dream bracelet, which is the Cartier Juste en Clou. Any sugar daddies, if you're listening, <laughs> in the gold color. Thank you very much. That, if I had to pick something, that would be me. However, yeah, let this girl have a ring and have her debt paid. You know, mm-hmm. pop off. I think that's lovely. You know, nonetheless, uh, just like kind of how we end all <laughs> things that are related to other people in relationships, we're very happy for them and their relationships. Meanwhile, our, uh, we don't have, we still have student debt and we don't even have a ring. 
But nonetheless, it, you know, we might get one of these things uh, completed one day, whether that's a healthy relationship or a student debt's paid off. I'm saying all this as I have, as I'm wearing a breakup with him sweatshirt. So that's, that's where I stand. All right. I'm saying this as I'm waiting to sign a part-time job contract with someone, but nonetheless, it's the thought that counts. I'm saying this as I'm yeah. fully expecting to take on more student debt before I get a ring on my finger. So, you know, it's real out here. You know, go off queen, whether she knows it or not, she's contributed to our first ever tweets read by twats. So we thank her. Good luck. Hopefully it happens to us one day. Nonetheless, we will be back from a break with our teachable moment. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gas Gathering. We're now about to wrap our show up with our teachable moments. So my teachable moment, and it's definitely something that I honestly like learned and it kind of put some perspective into my head when and if the occasion happens. And that is I am open for alternative proposal gifts, if you want to say. I'm here for anything given to me in the act of proposing to me that isn't necessarily a symbol of our proposal whether it's a ring or a bracelet i'm here for you just paying off my student loan debt so you could get me my bracelet from claire's or something like that i'm here for this possibility so yeah that's my teachable that. moment azia uh, my teachable moment is that dark eyes and a strong brow got us fucked up we clearly saw three examples of different men but who all have those same features and Listen, that brought us very close to a peace treaty in our tastes. We were giving each other the Nina Bonina Brown point finger at the season nine reunion the whole time to each other, just <laughs> pointing strongly in agreeance. So uh, my teachable moment this week is don't be Todrick. Don't be Todrick Hall. Todrick Hall sucks, and I've hated him for a while, but like he just continues to remind me and the rest of Twitter why we dislike him besides all the times on drag race where he's just trying to hog camera time for no reason so don't be tragic well that's a motto to live by a motto to recite to ourselves mm -hmm. in the mirror every day so with that being said wow i just noticed how we've talked shit about taylor swift on our 22nd episode anyways at least we're <laughs> consistent <laughs> well well, that being said, it's been very real and absolutely lovely, very lovely moments with you guys of new segments and buffoonery and absolute bullshit. Um, we're about to wrap shit up. So I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And we'll see you guys next week for a new episode of the Gay Ass Gathering. And y'all should really fucking watch the Harry and Meghan special with Oprah. Just saying, if you want something to do or something to watch when you invite Trade over. But yeah, anyways, see y'all next week.